0: Look at this week's Torah portion. I called it, Here Comes the Judge. And it's actually one of my favorite Torah portions. My glasses are dirty. Hold on one second. Because it brings up two very interesting points. One that was brought up earlier about how we're to to judge and look at things. And the other scripture talks about the coming of Messiah. That... Moses says, "One like me will come to lead," and it's it, it's so neat when you put it together because first thing God does in the beginning of this cha- in chapter 16 reminds us of what it takes to basically know if somebody if a situation happened right how you can go ahead and do it you have to have how many witnesses two or more right. And this is very important as we see what takes place with this and how we understand that, that coming to be and how we see it point to the one that is to come like Moses, right? Because that's what the promise said. It said if two or more are witness to this, what do we know? That it should be either true or false, right? That people can come and say yes, they did; that this is what happened or no, it didn't. I always loved the story of a, a lawyer was talking to a witness and you know how lawyers get they want yes or no answers and the lawyer was treating this person as a hostile witness and he said so according to your view who hit who first and the person sat and thought for a minute they had seen the car accident and he goes well from my viewpoint They both hit each other at the exact same time. Right? If you're going to hit somebody, it's going to be at exactly the same time. (laughs) So he answered his question, right? And so we have to understand that when we have witnesses, do you have good witnesses and bad witnesses? Yep. Right before he talks about the witnesses in this week's scripture, he talks about the judges. Right? And he says that the judges need to make sure that you get people that, what, don't take money under the table. Right? I'll never forget, I was driving to a conference. Where was this conference? Was it in, I think it was in Oklahoma. And we were bringing materials, judaicas items to sell, and so our car was packed full of stuff. If you've ever seen Judy pack, you know she can do it. And And we had a thing on top of the car because we had so much stuff. And one of our old members, Anthony uh, Gonzalez, was going with me to help out. And we're driving, and we're in Arkansas. And I am going with everyone else's traffic. Everyone else, we're all just, you know, it was probably over the speed limit. I will grant that. But I wasn't going faster than anyone else. I was just, you know, if you didn't go over the speed limit, you can going to get run over. I hear some of you, you, know, you get run over, right? You know, it's, you know what I'm saying, there's times that this traffic's going. We might have been 10 miles over. It was not a lot. of fact, I have proof, so don't argue, right? Next thing I know, there's a police car behind me, and he pulls us over. And I'll never forget, because Anthony assumed the position. He put his arms straight out and, you know, I looked at him, I said, have a problem before? <laughs> but I kind of, I understood what Anthony did after a minute when the police officer, who was a good old boy, came up to the car and said, do you know what you were doing? And I went, uh, no officer. And uh, he told us that we were going over the speed limit. And he, now remember, I have Georgia license plates, and I'm heading west. His next question is, you going home? And I figured maybe this guy is a believer. And I said, no, officer, we're on our way to a, uh, I said Christian, because he would have understood the other stuff. I said, to a Christian conference. And next I know, please step out of the car. And I'm going, okay, for going over the speed limit? He goes, and go sit in my front seat. I was okay. I'm like, okay, at least it's the front seat. Because <laughs> if it's the back seat, I'm in big trouble, right? And he sat there and he was smoking a cigar and uh, noticed in the ashtray. And I had just come back from a mission trip to Cuba. And one thing we used to do to pay for our trip to go again to Cuba, because it's actually interesting. When you go to Cuba as, as a missionary, you're allowed to bring back two things, and you're going to laugh at what these two things are, Cuban cigars two box, and, 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 and rum. Now, why would believers want to be bringing back cigars and rum? That's another question. But we were allowed to do that. It was legal by our country. And so I I, saw, I went, oh, you like cigars? His response was, no, I'm just out of chewing tobacco. I'm like, I am not doing well here. <laughs> so he told me he was going to write up the ticket for 10 miles over, but that he put a phone number on the thing. He said, now, if you call this woman and you tell her that I pulled you over, she's, all you have to do is pay the fine and it won't go on your record or your insurance. And it was his cousin who worked <laughs> in the thing. And all they were doing, was a speed trap. All they were doing is getting, you know, come on, he, he knew I was not going home, right? So, so that was those bad guys that we have out there, right? There's a lot of good cops out there that don't do that. But he was one of those. But that's what the Scripture warns us about, right? That when you do things, especially as judges and people like that, that you are honorable people. And that's, right after that, he tells us that not only do they have to be honorable, but we as individuals have to be honorable too, right? And that when we have witnesses, we need to be able to bring them before us. So let's take a look at Yeshua. How can we, you know, there are a lot of people that say he's not the Messiah, right? And they'll quote, you know, things. I don't know what they'll quote, but they'll try to come up with stuff. But let's look at what the Word of God says. First of all, we know that when he, after he was, uh, while his mom was going through the time of purification, right, it was over, they bring Yeshua up to the temple, right, to to pretty much give him to the Lord, because the first one goes to the Lord, right? You have to have the special offering for that. And because the three wise men they gave him so much money, how I many of y'all heard that? Man, I had had conversations. They gave him so much money that's why they could live in Egypt. No, they didn't. How do we know that? They gave him some, a couple shekels maybe, right? It wasn't a lot of gold. Why? Because when they went when his her when his when Yeshua's parents right went to the temple, did they give? The rich man's offering or the poor man's offering? Poor man. poor man. Now, these were these were religious, God-fearing people, right? One was the stepfather. We know he wasn't the real father. We're not going there right now, right? But he took him as his son, right? And they gave the poor man's offering, right? And then as they're doing this, what goes on? They hand him... To who? A guy named... Come on. Is it Simeon? Who? No, it's not Simeon. Just making that up. Nica. Themis, right? Who was considered what? He was a very righteous man, right? Very well respected. And we know that he was what? He was promised by God that he would see the Messiah before his death, right? That was who? Simeon. I know, I was just checking with y'all. Nicodemus sounded good, though. Simeon, she was right. I just didn't want her to be right. Barbara, just go with it next time. Right, Simeon, he takes him up, right? I'm just playing with her. And he takes it before and says, What? They hand it and said, I have seen the Messiah. He rejoices. there's witness number what? One. And a pretty darn good one, too, wasn't he? Righteous. You couldn't you, you didn't question if he said it, he wasn't like he wasn't a used car salesman or back then a used camel salesman. Right? He was a man, he was considered righteous. Samuel got it. He was considered righteous, (laughs) right? No one was going to, if he said it, you're not going to argue with him, right? And then who sees him next? Who? The prophetess? Anna. Right? A prophet. And what did she do? She was a woman who day and night went to the temple worship the lord right I and mean, and what does she proclaim he's the messiah he's eight well he's about 40 days old right something in there he was in the 40 or now been about 60 to eight somewhere around there right and yet they're already proclaiming him as two witnesses proclaim as messiah According to the Word of God, do we need anything else? But we get a lot more, don't we? Yeah. Then I love as Yeshua grows up, and the Pharisees and Sadducees are trying to test him. And they bring a woman who was caught in adultery. Now, how do we know this was a setup? Why do I say it was a setup? They brought the, these, these religious men bring to Yeshua this woman who was caught in adultery by herself. by herself. Thank you. That's what my point was, right? No man was there. I was wondering where you women were going to speak up. right? It took you a little while there. Don't be afraid. It's audience participation. it's OK. Right? But where's the man? Last time I checked it takes two to tango and I love it. Yeshua does something that goes on through the ages. When they bring him or I should say when they bring her before him, what does he do? He sits there so he hasn't so they brought accusers, right? who now here's the thing they said that they caught her in the act. Okay? All right? And so what is Yeshua? If you need a lawyer, my brother's good, Yeshua's better. Okay? Now if I, Yeshua is the... He sits there and he just starts writing stuff in the sand. Now there's a lot of theological debate about what who what he wrote. Some said he started writing their names. Others say that he started writing the commandments. I'll tell you what I think in a minute. And one by one, they started to leave. I think he was playing tic-tac-toe. Right? Whatever he was doing, though, convicted these people. Right? And he looked up. Now, by the way... Was she guilty? She was. Let's get that straight. She was guilty of sin. I don't know why they didn't bring the man. But she was was caught in the act. Right? There was no question. She was guilty. Yeshua looks up to her and said, Where are those who have accused you? She said, I don't know. His next response was key. He said, then go and what? Sin no more. She was guilty. But they weren't bringing her there for her purpose. They were trying to get Yeshua. And he turned the tables on them. He showed them. Because remember, here's the thing. Here's what we need today is what, you know, the Scripture says if, if someone's doing something wrong, if you go into a city and they're, they're doing witchcraft or sorcery or things like that that is against God, what are you supposed to do? Take them out to the outside gates, pick up the stones, and what? Stone them to death. It also says, kids, to honor their parents so we can do the same thing. Be glad we're not doing that right now. We might want to every once in a while, And we can be justified, right? Some of the kids aren't laughing. (laughs) But you see, the witness has to be the one who throws the stone, the first stone. Because you're you're, you're saying your word, your testimony is that strong. We need to be careful that when we go up against people or say things, we better make sure we know it's right. Because if not, we're going to be in trouble. You know, we're about to be in the election season. You know what that means, lies from both sides. But we need to look at what's true. We need to make our own judgments based on real facts just like in our day-to-day lives. We need to be able to see what God is calling us to do. And that's what's so important. Yeshua is teaching us to understand and and not get caught in those traps. We already showed that Yeshua had two witnesses that he was Messiah. Messiah. But those two witnesses hadn't seen one thing yet, because we're told that there's going to be a prophet like Moses to come. Think about this for a second: Was Moses? If if they had to do a survey when they were out in the wilderness, on, and and just like I did, I asked for a call of hands. If people said, "I'm I'm Aaron, the brother," right? By the way, y'all, I know we all been out here now in the the wilderness for. Oh, at least 40 days, um, you haven't had any good food yet, you're, one, you're all complaining. Uh, how many of y'all like Moses? Right? Not too many hands would have gone up. Yet Moses always defended those people before God. And sometimes he was tired of them. How do we know that? He got so frustrated with them that he took his staff and just smacked the rock just to get them to be quiet. And it costs them dearly. So we've got to learn how to follow God. And with what's going on in this world today, we really need to show it. You know, we're seeing, I, I believe it's part, these are part of the birthing pains. But we as believers must stand strong. And we can stand on the Word. Those two believers already proclaimed him as Messiah, but he hadn't raised from the dead yet. See, a lot of people could claim to be Messiah, and we've seen it through the centuries. But only one died and rose again. And not only did one or two people see him, but I can name you at least 11 disciples, a couple of the the ladies that were with them, and then Scripture tells us a five hundred Psalm. So how many witnesses do we need? Two. We have a ton to prove that Yeshua is the Messiah according to the Word of God. It's not by chance that God first tells us, here's the judges, make sure they're righteous, Right? Make sure they're not being bribed. By the way, let's look at the high priest and the Levites at the time of Yeshua's death. How did they get their position? Well, by then, if you read the history books, if you wanted to be the, the, the high priest, how much money you got? It had gotten that bad. See, we were at the lowest point. That's why God had to send his son to redeem. And bring us back to the Word. That's what Yeshua's whole mission was. To show us the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. That is such an important understanding. Yeshua showed us that He was the Messiah. We have the witnesses. People need to take the scales off their eyes. They need to be able to come together and rejoice. Because we serve an awesome God. We serve a God that will protect us and watch over us. And all he asks us to do is obey his commandments. Just follow him. You know, here's the sad thing with this virus. You know how it all started? Because people were, they were selling bats to eat in China. You never hear a kosher pig, a kosher, uh, sorry, kosher cow giving these things out, right? It's because we're not following his word. If people just obeyed the Scripture, our life would be a lot easier. We need to try to get back to that normal, don't we? Because our God is an awesome God. Our God knows how to heal the sick. We need to call out to Him. We need to see what's going on. And we need to be His witness. See, we can show the world that He is God. I believe that's what we're called to today, especially in these days, day and age. To understand the move of God that's taking place. People are starting to seek Him because they're realizing we can't trust in man, can we? Man's not going to take care of this situation, but God can. We're always going to have that small group of bad people in the world. There's nothing we can do to get around that. But we don't throw out the 99% that are good for the 1% that's bad. You know, I can look at that police officer pulling me over and be mad. But he also did something. Yeah, he gave me a ticket. I had to pay a little. But it didn't go against my insurance. My insurance didn't go up, right? So there is a bright side to it. It just depends how you look at the situation. We need to realize... That God is watching over us. He's given us this word that we can trust. So the next time someone tells you that, oh, prove to me Yeshua is the Messiah, right here, show him how when he was just a baby, two of the most righteous people on it, if those were your witnesses on anything and they were on your side, guess what? You're going to win. No one's going to doubt them. The other attorneys are going to say, oh man, you have them as your witness? Let's just forget it. Because no one's not going to believe them. Because they're going to tell the truth. We know Yeshua is the Messiah. We have more than enough witnesses. God tells us there's going to be one like Moses that is coming. Deuteronomy 18. And he did come. And he came to set us free. And that's what we have, and that's the hope that we have. I know the elections are coming up, and we don't get political here. I don't care if Republican, Democrat, or Independent. Independent. But here's one thing I want you to look at at your candidates. What is their stance on Israel? What's their stance on abortion? You got to think about those things. Are what they do, doing and saying lining up with the word of God? I think all politicians are corrupt. So let's get that straight. Right? But how are they standing on the Word of God? Because that's going to be key. You know, before this virus hit, we were doing pretty darn well as a nation. You want to know why? We were blessing Israel. And it doesn't matter who you looked at. when, Whatever president was, was there, those that blessed Israel, guess what happened to our nation? We got blessed. And when they stopped blessing Israel, those same ones, we got cursed. Look at Bush, the son. He blessed Israel, right? Right until about the last year or so. Then he started pushing the peace plan to get that down. And what happened to our economy? It started going down. You know, when Reagan came into office, everyone started telling him, oh, you got to push, you know, you got to fight for this and that. And in the first six months, his ratings went down. And you know what he finally said? I'm not, Israel can handle, I'm just going to bless Israel and support them, and that's it. And guess what? Our economy flourished. That's how it works. It's amazing. God's word is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bill Clinton blessed Israel. Our I know Republicans can't believe this, but it wasn't so bad during his time period, right? Democrats can't believe it, that it wasn't so bad during the Republican time period on so the ones that blessed Israel. But that's why. So when you're getting ready to vote, you need to think about that. What is their stance on Israel, on abortion, on God's Word? Because that's what's going to make our nation great again. doesn't matter your political stance. It's God's stance. And guess what? I encourage you all to vote. Don't vote often. Just vote once. Right? But get, if you're not registered to vote, you need to get out and get registered. I don't care what party. As long as you seek God and who you should vote for. Make sure what their stance are, are stances that you can agree with. Because someone's going to be leading this nation. We've got to make sure that they're, they're, they're going to bless Israel. You know, it was some tough times Israel's gone through in the past because of that. So think about that. Be the judge. God's calling you. Listen, take notice. I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. Abba, Father, we just come before you right now. And Lord, I just thank you for all that you've done for us. And Lord, as we head into these difficult times with what's going on in the world, what's going on with our nation, Lord, let us take these words that you've given us today. Let us not just rush into judgment, but Lord, let us look at the facts. Lord, you loved us so much that you sent your son Yeshua. Lord, and you gave us the Rukh HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to guide us. And Lord, we ask that that it just continues to flow from within us now. Lord, let us take more notice. We ask this in your Son Yeshua's name. And everyone said, Amen.